Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium, 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. Let's, um, we're going to start out on a serious note. And then we're going to, we got some. We we're gonna we're gonna attempt some impossible ventures today on the show. And so we're going to be unsuccessful, but we're gonna try anyway. Or at least discuss it. All right, the serious note is today is Jackie Robinson Day. And um if you remember when we were talking about the lockout way months ago and people were oh we're not going to be able to play baseball this year and all you know all that buster only junk um one of the things that gave me hope is they can't botch Jackie Robinson day you just can't botch that i mean major league baseball does a lot of things wrong but you can't botch Jackie Robinson day uh, you know Jackie Robinson is just fascinating to me they someone asked us at work the other day at the paper in the office and said, um, if you could, who in this world of sports, if you could do if you could sit down and have an interview with one person, dead or alive, in the history of sports, who would it be? And my answer was Jackie Robinson. It just he he's just fascinating figure. And um, not just in the, I mean, he obviously was a baseball player, so he's in the world of sports. But, you know, so much of of him, you know, was social and political and all of that. And he's just, uh, he's just, he's just fascinating to me. And I've said for a long time, I think it's, I think it's awful. I think it's a shame that so many, how few young black not just men, women, whatever. They, they don't even really know who Jackie Robinson is. And if they know who he is, they don't know hardly anything about him. That's a shame to me. Um, and But so certainly want to uh, recognize that. And I've, I've gotten a chance to see some ESPN's done a good job of of having specials on that. And I've seen some of it. I wish, you know, I'd, I'd love to see all of it. But I, um, I have caught a little bit of that. And I, I think it's, uh, I think he is just, uh, just a fascinating figure in the in the history of the of the sport and in our country. All right, so if you have any thoughts on that, certainly feel free to do that. Um, last night, as far as the here and now, Cajun baseball, it was wow. Got nineteen hits, season high nineteen hits, folks. They had going to the top of the fifth. They had 14 hits already. They had 14 hits in the first four innings. Whoo, man! I I I don't hope. I hope the Astros don't do that. 
You don't want no part. I don't want no part of the Astros getting 14 hits in the first four innings. Uh, they got 19 hits. They won 14 to two. Now, the the scary thing about that, if I'm a ULM baseball fan, is if you look at their statistics, the pitcher Cam Barlow who pitched last night, he actually had really good. He, he's got a pretty good reputation. I mean, he he's the only pitcher they have with really pretty good numbers, and he got shellacked. Now. That doesn't mean that today's pitcher can't pitch better. That's just the way baseball works sometimes. But on paper, oof. Now, you know, you hope for all of you who are plenty conditioned to know that you can't score that many runs without something, without paying a price for it. Um, you hope that the Cajuns, who I think are really in a good spot, heading in the right direction, and Monroe, who's really not heading in the right direction, or, or far enough heading in those directions that they can somehow overcome scoring 14 runs and getting 19 hits. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens over the, over the rest of the series. But, you know, my goal for this team was to go 9-0 and in their three remaining home series. I don't know what they're going to do at App or at Georgia State. Those, those fig- don't figure to be easy series for what for different reasons, but if they can go eight and one, wouldn't be the end of the world. Eight and one or nine and zero oh in their last three home series against teams that on paper they're better than, then uh, they got a chance to make some hay. Just to understand, the Cajuns right now are eight and five. They're in a three way tie for fourth place. They're only a game out of third place. It wasn't that long ago they were in ninth place. They're a game out of third place, and they have and that's Georgia Southern, who by the way beat Georgia State last night. Cajuns beat Georgia Southern two out of three, so they went on the tiebreaker over them. Um, and so, and currently, Texas State and Georgia State are tied for first, both at ten and three. And the Cajuns still have game series against both of those teams on the road. So it's um, they really need to make hay. They really need to go nine and zero in the well. They they're one and zero, so they got eight games left at home against teams. You know, Monroe. Uh, ULM, I mean, um, UTA, I meant, I got my little deals wrong. And um, um, the other one is UTA, uh, Little Rock. So, who, Little Rock lost to Arkansas State last night for Arkansas State to get their first conference victory. On the softball side, man, you play a big series for first place, and you win the first game, and you just don't feel good about it. I did not like the way they won last night. The bottom line is the Cajuns did beat South Alabama in Mobile last night, game one of the series with first place on the line. And and it just – I did not leave that game feeling good about the – I mean, gave up seven runs to a team that's not a great offensive team. They only had like 19 or 20 home runs all season. They hit, what, three last night. I mean, it was just, I don't know. I, 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 um, a little unsettling, that victory. Now, the good thing is you got the win. Does it Just because you gave up seven runs in the first game doesn't mean you got to get lit in game today and tomorrow. But, man, I was a little unsettling for the pitching staff to get hit that hard. A little unsettling. Um... And speaking of that, I found out that Ray might be worth it math than I am 
But even though I know very little about mathematics, I am um, going to try the feudal. I'm going to suggest that we I want to change the laws of mathematics. Like I'm not smart. I'm barely smart enough to add and subtract. So I don't know. I know just above nothing about math. And yet somebody needs to change. Somebody who's a lot smarter than me needs to change the laws of mathematics in this area. And here's what I'm talking about. The Cajuns in softball are now 13-3 and on the season. Because of a bunch of postponements or cancellations, South Alabama's 9-2. and So the Cajuns have one more loss than South Alabama, but four more wins. And South Alabama is still in first place. How can that be? We need to change the laws of mathematics here. How can, I mean, mathematically, 9-2 and two is a winning percentage of 818. The Cadence have one more loss, but they have four more wins. It seemed like four more wins should outweigh one more loss, but it doesn't. We need to change math. Uh, they need to redo this. They need to think about this. 13 and 3 is a winning percentage of 812. So if the season ended today, technically, South Alabama would win the conference. That's crazy to me. We need to change the laws of mathematics here. That, 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 that needs to change. Somebody needs to go back and say that that's not right. That can't be right. But it is. As of now, South Alabama is still pers- I mean, less than a one percentage point. 818 to 812. That's incredible to me. But um, so essentially, if if neither team loses to another conference team, the Cajuns have to sweep to win the regular season. Now, is it possible the Cajuns could lose to other teams? Of course. Is it possible South Alabama could? Of course. But um, it is um, that, that is incredible to me. But that that's kind of the case and what, what it is. All right, I um, last night I got, I don't know if you call it a revelation or something dawned on me that I, I think we've been missing the boat uh, on this whole NFL draft stuff. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll get um, revisit what our old friend Gerald Broussard, see if he can help me change the laws of mathematics here and also um, help maybe help me calm down because I, I, I we're down to 13 days for I don't know if I can do 13 more I I don't know how I'm gonna do 13 more days of this because last night I didn't get sleep again not that I was worried about quarterbacks I something dawned on me. I don't know, probably two thirty, three in the morning when I was turning over one time, and 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 it hit me that I, we've been. We, I think we're misanalyzing all of this, having to do with the draft. I, I think we've been misanalyzing it. I, I, I thirteen more days of this. How am I going to do that? I have no idea. Prayer is the only answer. That's the only answer. It's the only way. 
Please pray for me. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, see if Gerald Broussard can add some sanity to my little troubled mind. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Want to tell you about, here we go, something else on April the 23rd. Cajun Comic Relief returns to, it'll be at Angers Hall on Saturday, April the 23rd. It's a, all proceeds go to Cajun Navy Ground Force and will feature comedians and entertainers such as Comedians and entertainers as Sam Joe Bear, Steve Shaw, and the Raging Cajun John Morgan. Raymond Parch III, mathematical genius, I'm told, and KDN's news anchor Jeff Horshack will be the co-MCs. Tickets cost $30 and can be purchased at eventbrite.com. All right, we have with us our old friend Gerald Broussard. How are you in mathematics growing up, sir? I was really good. Look, I, and, and the people that know me and know me well know that I wasn't a very good student, and I had kind of a wandering eye uh, that got, got me from class to class. But the one thing I was really good at w- w- was math. And uh, I actually heard your first segment there, and um, I can't help you. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't make <laughs> sense. we got to no, change this. <laughs> How can one team have four more wins and only one fewer losses and another one still has a higher winning percentage? That doesn't make sense to me. We need to change that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> of course, I know sometimes you just kind of know you're fighting a losing battle. You know, it's just the way it is. All right. Uh, hopefully you're doing better with the fact that there's 13 more days till the NFL draft than I am. No, I think it's awesome that there is, I, 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 and, and especially, and, and you know me, I'm, I'm different than you are when it comes to fandom and all that stuff, and, and, and at times I admire your, well, very rarely I admire your fandom. Uh, okay, I don't admire it at all, <laughs> because I don't understand why you do that to yourself, but I think 13 days, if I were in your boat, I, you have so many opportunities with the number of draft picks and, and, and the situation that you're in uh, talent-wise around your team to do your own mocks and setups and stuff. And nowadays, Kev, there's so much information out there on every player that if, you know, I, I think, you know, you you can fill your time with that being able to so okay, if we do this in the first round of this, this pick, then we can do that, and it gives us an opportunity to do this. And I, I just think that I don't see anybody that that's a, a, a franchise-changing type person out there in a skill position. Uh, but I think that there are a lot of really good players, and, and I think that the, the need that the Saints have 
I think there's a there's a lot of opportunity out there. It's a great year to have a lot of picks. All right. So he, here's what hit me yesterday, or sometime in the middle of the night. I, I wasn't. I don't know what time it was, but I just know it was dark outside. Um, that we've been missing out on. One of the things, you mentioned mock drafts. One of the things most of us do with mock drafts, some people don't, is you make a mock draft kind of assuming no trades because it's it's almost impossible. Well, not it's very difficult to predict a trade. And if you start predicting mm-hmm. too many trades, then it kind of messes up the whole mock. But so you make a mock, like I did a mock draft. Most people do mock drafts without a trade. Okay, so if you do that, though, it's probably unrealistic because I think there's going to be trades this year. Like all these scenarios we've been coming up with, Trevor Penny and Chris Olave and all this, what I'm, what here, here's what hit me in the middle of the night. The Chiefs have two pick late. How close do you think the Chiefs think they are to the Super Bowl? Oh, I think they think that. They're there. They think they're there. Yeah. Okay, so they yeah. only need, like, one player. So if you're the Chiefs yeah. and you think you're at the Super Bowl and you got two picks and you got, like, all these other picks later, why would you not trade up and get the guy that you want at a need position like wide receiver, edge rusher, whoever they want? They're going to do that. It, it They're yeah. going to do that. Yes. Okay. There's no reason not to. Right. And, and, and the only reason that they would not – is if they do it before, if, if they do it through trade or using those picks to get somebody before. And, and I don't see that happening either. You know, but and the, you, when you do your mock stuff, you can't, because you don't know how to anticipate trade. Look at it a few years back, Kev, where the Chiefs traded up to, to get Mahomes, you know, and didn't, and that was a shock to everybody. Nobody thought that they needed a quarterback. They had Alex Smith, who was playing well, especially trading up to get Mahomes, who people had predicted later, but there was rumor that he was going to go, and so they found a way to get there and all that kind of stuff. And that's what you don't know, is is where all the rumors are uh, around the league and who's saying what, when, and where. And and, and, and it's out. I mean, people know, and, and that's the the, the – you know, what, what I always enjoyed, and I'm not around it as much as I used to be. Uh, yeah, I used to have some, I still have some close friends that are in the scouting world, but I used to really stay in touch with them. And um, it was neat to see because they know what's getting ready to happen or what the possibilities are there to happen. And they know what it's going to take to move up to where they want to get to if they need to get there. But it's all that one player. You know, I, you see it all the time. And every year somebody says, oh, they didn't have to go get him at that position. He would have been there later. But they know the reason that they move to where they move is because there are, if they have their uh, that guy targeted, they know where they got to be to get him. And, um, you know, you either make that move or you don't. But you, at, in your position there, and look, I blame Michelle. And then, look, she didn't have to say yes when she married you. I'm talking about your wife. <laughs> yeah. But when you start going through that, she can backhand you and put you right back to bed. <laughs> yes, and so, absolutely. And, and I highly recommend she do that. <laughs> yes. But but with that, I think that, you know, when, when, when you think your way through it, there's always, here's who we want, but if they're not there, who's this? And if they go earlier, where's that? And, and you know, the, the draft of, that's what makes it hard when you're drafting of need as opposed to drafting best player available. Because if you rank them best player available, as they go, you get rid of them. And then you don't care. Whoever's next, you got you got yeah. you know, You're filled out. But when you have a need, now that's again, that's why I say the beauty of where the Saints are right now, they got a lot of needs. 
that, I, I'm, I say that not not meaning that I think that they're garbage because I do think that they do have some good players too. <clears throat> but they do have a lot of. They needs. have three so or four needs that they really need to address. So I agree. But but again, my problem, Gerald, is it doesn't stop with the Chiefs. Like I know the Packers are not normally they're normally really conservative in terms of trading up and all that. But they're in a, they have two picks late as well, and they have a very specific need of wide receiver. They just signed a Hall of Fame quarterback to fifty million dollars a year. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays went to the World Series, played a whole team less than fifty million, and, yeah. and, and, and they and then they just lost their top wide receivers. So, like, they need one. So, I, I could see them trading up to get the guy that they want that think that that's going to replace Adams. Plus, the Saints picking at um, sixteen and nineteen. A lot of people think the Steelers are going to take a quarterback at twenty. And you have teams like the Detroit Lions or Seattle, like Detroit has the 32nd pick. I could easily see the Saints getting serious phone calls if a certain quarterback drops towards when it gets close to the Saints' turn to pick who want to trade back up into the first round or from later in the first round to get that quarterback before the Steelers. I I agree with both of what you said. One of the things is, though, is that I think the depth of the receiver position puts you in a position to where you don't – Unless you just see that one guy is so much better. And, and Kev, you know, the quarterback makes the receiver as much as the receiver is. You know, and when you go through and look at who the great receivers are, and, and I'm not saying that you can't get a first-round guy, an early first-round guy, and make a player of him, but not without a, a quarterback to make it. Aaron Rodgers is going to make a player out of somebody as long as that guy is willing to put in the time to work with Aaron Rodgers. And I, I know that those guys are going to do their homework with it, find out as much about those guys to, to see, hey, do we need – is there somebody that's so much better for us? That doesn't mean that they're better better situated for what we want to do than anybody else to where we and they are in a position to be able to move up to get that guy if there are if there is that guy then i could see them doing that but but when you look at it and you go through the combine and you see the stuff and i i put the combine in there just for numbers it's not the player but it's just for numbers because you need true numbers to be able to differentiate, and that's what the combine is. It's a differentiating measurement system. People say, oh, they, they put too much stock in it. But, you know, you, you, you need some way when you look at it and you say, okay, these two guys are here. Let's go back to numbers. And, and then the analytical part of it, which, you know, you being the math guy that you claim not to be or do or not or whatever, where, um, I don't know. You know. Maybe CP3 can help you with that. Maybe that's no, why he has three at the end of his name. But so with that, you, you, I think that you can add all those numbers up and be a differentiator to it. But then, dude, it all still comes down to where's the feel for it. You know, I, I know, you know, you sit there and you see that that, that picture of the the Packers standing at, for for the for uh, the national anthem before the game when Aaron Rodgers didn't play, and who were the two guys standing there that left room for him? Was his two receivers? Yeah, you know, and so they stood there, made room for him, you know, a little show of solidarity there. That guy's going to get real close with somebody, and he's done it with more than one guy. Sure, he lost Adams, but, you know, he did it before with Cobb, and he did it with Jordy Nelson. He's done it with other guys, and there are guys he can do it with and will be able to do it with. I, I, I do think that, you know, 
there is a position for them to make that. Look, if Kansas City doesn't, I'll be shocked. No, I agree. Yeah, you can't predict it. Well, you can predict it. But you, you in, in a position to be where you are looking as a mock and those that's all they do. They sit in a room and say, and they try and they be in the teams, try and predict if so-and-so moves up, why would they be moving up? Who would they be coming to get? Who do we want? Okay, we want Kevin Foote to come and play. We, we want him to be an extra receiver for us, or we want him in his slot or whatever. Who's going to come take that from us? And that's why all those guys do all their homework. That's why they have the relationship they have to try and say, I could see Seattle moving up, or I could see Detroit moving up, or I could see so-and-so moving up. If they do move up, they're coming to get this guy. How do we position him? But, dude, they ain't got nothing else to do. Well, no, I I, I agree. They're watching Astros and worried about it. No, I agree. They're worried about that. Right, I agree. But here, so so if you're listening, you're saying, well, what are you fussing about? Here's what, or what are you concerned about? If if there are no trades, I think one of these receivers that we you know that we keep mocking are going to be there. Mm-hmm. But if what happens, what I think is going to happen, uh, London Wilson, Burks, and Olave and Williams are all going to be gone. None of those top five receivers are going to be there when the Saints pick at sixteen. Is what I'm thinking now. None of them. There's going to be somebody picked beyond those five that's going to be uh, have a better career than at least three of those five. I I I don't I don't doubt that. I, and so you got to go find them. No, right, exactly. You because it's a deep wide receiver class. They're just not as high that's profile right. as these guys. Okay, so right. what I'm think so we we tried to change unsuccessfully the laws of mathematics. The other thing we're going to do is something, a rule that I made, I think, two years ago on this show, we're going to break right now, okay? And that is, I said we were never going to discuss trading back again because the Saints never do that, ever, and they don't. But if that happens, I think because of where their position in relation to the Steelers, even though I don't think the Steelers are picking a quarterback, but I think a lot of people think that they are or might, that they, I, I think it, it's fine, it would be, if, if unless they like one of these other guys, if those top five guys are gone and one or two of those are the ones they really wanted, then they need what could save this draft to me at that point is for the Saints to somebody trade up to get a quarterback. They get an extra second and a third or whatever and pick their running their receivers in the second and third round instead of the first. I, I, I and I'm a big fan of trading back. You, I know you're not. But I am if, if, if that guy that you want is not there, and, and, and so now you got to have a partner to do it with too, and you got to be compensated properly with it. But but I, I do the big thing that that I I'm always think the NFL does a poor job of, but I do think the Saints traditionally have done a better job is player development. I I, I think they coach them up well and they plan them well. I'm, I'm hoping this staff can continue that too. Uh, but I do believe that that there is there are enough players in this draft. Like if 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 there, if there are five receivers going to be gone, like you said, before you get there, and somebody's trading up, they're not going to be trading up to get a receiver. They're going to be trading up to get another position. Now you're looking at six positions that are gone ahead of you that maybe you would have looked at going into the draft and saying that 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 you know in a mock those guys wouldn't be there. But who who did they pass up to take those guys? So there are going to be other position players that are going to slide due to that 
that you're going to be in a spot to where, golly, we didn't think we wanted uh, an inside linebacker, or we didn't think we wanted a safety, or we didn't think we wanted whatever in that. And, and, and this guy is here, and we think he could be generational at that. And I'm not saying there is, but I'm saying if they feel that, well, they're in a position to take that, fill a need, work their roster around it, and still get a good player because they got another pick coming right up. Right, and I think and the team to do I, it is I our friends in Detroit. Our fr- Detroit has 32. They don't love their quarterback. They're picking, They're going to pick an edge rusher at two probably to help the defense. And then I could see them say, why wait at 32 when there's a quarterback still out there that we want and our friends would and, and, and trade with the Saints and give us a, a second and a third or something to trade up. Mm-hmm. But I could see that happen. You've got to think that Detroit's still got to have a feel for this year's quarterback draft, that mid-round, mid-first-round quarterback talent. That's, and, look, I think just looking at the quarterbacks and seeing them what they are, I think they're all there. They, you know, I don't see anybody that that I would go trade up to get. You know, no, I, 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 just don't. I, I, I agree. All right, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a timeout, and then I do want to ask you get your impressions. Oh, you made me feel a little better, but I really think that's gonna happen now. I I think we're fooling ourselves because there is gonna be a trade. But anyway, we'll take a timeout. We come back. I want to get your impressions from the Cajun spring game on Saturday because you were on the field a whole lot closer to the action than I was. Right. Yes. Okay. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, man. I sure hope I'm going to win tonight. And I sure hope I'm going to win in 13 days on draft day. Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Want to tell you about our first Astro Weekend getaway. It is Astros Rangers, May the 21st. If you want to be eligible to win an, an Astro Getaway Weekend to see the Astros play the Rangers on May the 21st, you need to register uh, for the game clubhouse on 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You'll get four tickets. A ballpark tour, hotel accommodations on the Saturday night. All of this, the Astro Weekend Getaway Power by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, Gerald. Uh, you were on the field. You you were coaching a player, and you've analyzed football way more than I have, and it's hard for me to get a whole lot out of spring games, especially the way – the Cajuns did it on Saturday. But one thing that I was a man, there's a lot of good players on this defense. Was it that or what really stuck out to you? No, I think that was the thing. I think you had a lot of guys up front that, that were making some plays. I think that the the, the secondary uh, I thought looked good. I thought they were solid back there. Not a lot of missed tackles. I think they're fundamentally sound back there. Uh, there's a lack of depth in the offensive line, which showed, which is why the scoring system was set up as a situational scrimmage as opposed to just moving a football and, and playing a game. Uh, but but that's going to have to get corrected. But, uh, you know, I, I, the Cajuns are going to be a team, Kevin, and, and I, I know you're in Lake Charles now and stuff. When, when, when I was coaching McNeese, 
and and Coach Viator and I would stand on the sideline and watch the other team's offense go out there. If they tried to run sideways on our defense when we were coaching Magnese, you know, we'd say, okay, you're in trouble because we could just run things down. And, and I do believe that the Cajun defense is going to be like that this year, uh, being able to run people down. And, and, and they, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of speed. And they're, they're again, fundamentally sound, technique sound, and, and can run. I mean, guys like Cameron Whitfield, who most Cajun fans probably never even heard him unless they're really into recruiting. And remember when, when he, I mean, he had two sacks and, and two stops behind the line. I mean, he just – they just guys like that who really weren't part of it last year who have a lot of ability. I, you, you, you know, you mentioned the offensive line. I, obviously, it's a concern, but, I mean, they were playing without either three or four starters, so I'm, I'm not sure. concerned about that yet. But you, mm-hmm. are you concerned about that long term? Not if they well, and, and I don't worry about the whole big picture during the spring. I just worry more about individuals and looking at guys, seeing how they get better. The the thing, the only thing that concerns me about not having the true offensive line together is it's so hard to make an evaluation of your your quarterback position, right? And, and because of there's you know you just don't get a true picture of it, and then especially when you've got the numbers at the quarterback position that you're trying to evaluate, but. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Whitfield guys there. Kev, you get, COVID gave the Cajuns, a, I mean, and it, I've said this before, and it sounds bad when I say it, but, but COVID was was really one of the best things happened to the Cajun football team because of the exposure they got due to the COVID setting and situations. And then last year, you know, with the Cajun, everybody getting that extra year, and the Cajun, if you remember, at the end of the season two years ago, all the Cajun defense started saying, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. And it was like the whole team came back on defense. Yeah. And so that, that set some names back that we would have seen maybe a year ago because of, you know, they had so much experience coming back. Now, I, I know the Cajuns play a lot of players. I know when, when Jay and I are doing the broadcast, I mean, we make three and four deep. Most people, you know, two deep, you're good. With the Cajuns, you better have three and four deep because those guys are going to get in the game. And, and, and they traditionally have made plays. And, and that's, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see that kind of depth in there. There's always going to be a concern with the offensive line. And, and, and most of the time, it shows its, its head during spring and during, uh, during two days. But then when you stop beating on each other, then, then you start letting guys get ready for games, and then that's when you can see who plays. Look, you know, you could practice being a quarterback and a receiver. We talked about Aaron Rodgers and his people. Those people, are, they're going to go do seven-on-sevens and throw and one-on-ones and all that stuff. If you want to get better as an offensive lineman, you got to beat up somebody. Well, if you beat up somebody enough, then there's a good chance that you're going to end up in the training room for a little bit. And, and you just, you know, your body can only take so much beating and uh, spoken as a sixty-year-old guy who's been through plenty of surgeries, <laughs> and you know, sooner or later, you just you, you pay the piper with it. And then, you know, I remember when Coach Hud got here, and we talked about how you know he wanted to do one-on-ones before practice and before the game, and all. that's fine. But but you know, I got my buddy Dale Clark with me right now, and and, and I can tell you how you can too you know, help you for the draft night, you can come spend that Thursday night with us. And we'll do that in, in a couple of weeks, talk about his event coming up. But uh, anyway, w- w- when I said Coach Hud about being wanting to be physical, wanting to do this, but you, you, you ain't going to win many races with donkeys. 
I mean, you better no. have you a, a thoroughbred to go win. And, 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 and so that's what you got to be able to get your good guys to the race. The While we're changing things today, we're trying to alter things here. I, I, we, can we do something to get the D out of Ben Woldridge's name? Like, Woolridge is so much easier to type and say than Woldridge. So, anyway, uh, where you, you know, his running, his running, he ran three carries, 50 yards, and two touchdowns. It was nice to see because I think me and a lot of other people had the idea that he was just this total, like, you know, sit in the pocket, total pocket passer. But that's not a strength for him, so that didn't mean a lot to me. But did you overall um, come away with giving him a better chance to end up being the starter than you did going into the spring game, or what are your thoughts on that? I kind of – well, I had seen the two scrimmages prior to. And so what I saw him do – now, he was dead during the scrimmage. When I said dead, the quarterbacks weren't live. They were tagged yeah. off in the, in the two other scrimmages. This time, and he wasn't fully live, but but this time, I guess he could, yeah, he was. But but uh, you know, they 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 um, the guy's still protecting him a little bit. His athleticism showed out a lot more Saturday, and, and I thought that you know going in, yeah, and I had heard that Chandler was a little ahead. Chandler was a little ahead, but but I just seeing Ben last year in two days, I I kind of liked, and I'll, I I got the D out of his name by just I just don't I call him Ben. I'm not even saying his last name. <laughs> So I mess it up every time because yeah, you're right. Too. It should not be there. It's, I bet twice not today be I've said there. you're right. It yeah. bothers me. Yes. Uh, so, but but Ben, I'm good with. So I think I think Ben is 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 a, a guy that you know not only did he he show you know that he's capable of running, but he showed a little gas too and some competitiveness. You know, he got his helmet ripped off on the one touchdown, and and he was partying, and so were his friends. And that's the kind of thing you look at and see how the sideline is handling that. And, um, yeah, it was good to see. And the, and the competition will continue on all through the summer and all in, the, and in camp and all that. But, but uh, you know, I, I feel very comfortable with, with him saying hike early. How complicated or difficult or easy is it going to be if my hunch is correct or my gut feeling is that they should use um, Lance Lejeune in some sort of Batman role? Is that complicated at the college level, or could that be done pretty easily? No, you can do that easy. And and, and I, I agree with it. He's too good of a football player, not just an athlete, but a football player to be standing next to you with a baseball cap on. Uh, I think that there needs to be a role with it. In fact, I, jokingly talking with Coach Viator before the game, and, and we were just talking about some players that we had coached in the past and all this stuff, and it's tremendous. Okay, what plays do you like? And Well, you like those anymore? No, that's the only ones I okay. That's all we'll call. Because you know? yeah. uh, when they're that good, some people are that good to where just give them a chance to be successful. And then their athleticism will take over. And that's, you know, you, you caution yourself doing that a lot. I, I used to as a coach because I was, you know, technique and this, that, and the other. But but sometimes you just, you, you don't want to outcoach God. And if, if, if he does some good, I heard you asking for prayers earlier. Yes. So, you know, it being Good Friday. But, uh, you know, if, if, if God did that kind of stuff, then, then you want to take advantage of some of that. And, and, you know, people will say, oh, when he's in, all they do is this. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the same thing they say with, with how you call him Batman. You yeah. Know? He's still a pretty good player. Yes, absolutely. All right, sir. Well, I appreciate your time as always. I'm going to try to muddle through these next 13 days. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but you made today a little better. And so you have a great uh, Easter weekend. 
I'll do it. Same to you. And like I said, I want to come with you here in the next couple of weeks to talk about our, our F5 event, uh, benefiting people with ALS. All right. We'll do that. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Okay, pal. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Gerald Broussard. He always, you know, he don't, he doesn't often agree with me, but he agrees with me more than, than he likes to let on. And it's, I heard a lot of agreement in those two segments today. So that always uh, works pretty well for me anyway. All right. We'll take a time out. Come back. Finish out the first hour on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 15th, 1996. For the first time in club history, the entire New Orleans Saints organization is housed under one roof with the move to the club's new facility at 5800 Airline Drive in Metairie. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. is a good day to listen to that whole song but we can't afford to do that right now welcome back to the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station want to remind you if you want to go to festival international the way to do it is to go to the website join the rewards club put yourself in position to win a our great festival international prize pack where you could get exclusive access to front row and stage areas shaded seating air-conditioned restrooms express drink lines, shirts, pins, posters, all kind of great stuff. Again, the way to get eligible for this great prize pack is to go to the website and join the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. So um, we won't have we have, we didn't have much time in the first segment for phone calls, but the next two segments after the t- first two segments at the 10 o'clock hour, we will have time for phone calls. The game hotline is 706-0111. I'd love to hear what you have to say because, again, I, I, I it just hit me in the middle of the night like I was when we were discussing with Gerald in the first segment with him that it's nice to say, well, this guy's going to be here, this guy's going to be here, but I, I just don't But I, I just don't believe the draft order is going to stay like it is. I, I just got to believe the Chiefs are, have identified one of these wide receivers that they want that's going to trade up to get him. And, and it would not shock me at all if the Packers do the same thing. And so I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm really starting to think none of those five wide receivers are going to be there when the Saints pick at 16, much less 19, which is on my draft right now, I have that happening. The latest mock draft that I've done, which I've made a few tweaks to, but I mean, it's just, I, and and almost every dra- mock draft that I see that I say, oh, I like that, I'll take that, has that happening. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I'm really starting to think there's going to be this big run on wide receivers because of everything that's happening, because of the needs of teams with multiple picks, like the Packers and the Chiefs, and because of how expensive it is for wide receivers right now in the free agent market. Why not? If you got one that you can own for three or four years at a good price, why not go get them? 
Now, that doesn't mean they still can't help themselves at wide receiver. I just think it's going to be important to do an- another way to do it, which is why we broke a footnotes law today. Man, it's been a monumental day. We're trying to change mathematics. All kind of stuff is happening today. Crazy. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana, Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Again, you can also watch a simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. We um, haven't had much time for phone calls, but we've talked NFL Draft, Cajun Football, few other things mentioned the Jackie Robinson day, which is a monumental thing in the really sports wise, socially and otherwise, any comments you have on any of that, please feel free to call. If you have any way of, of helping me change the laws of mathematics, I'd be interested in hearing that idea as well. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Cajun baseball one. A little too much for my taste, but we'll see what happens. The rest of this series, Cajun softball won 10-7. If there's any way to to have two teams play for first place on the line and your team wins on the road and not feel real great about it, it was last night's victory over South Alabama. It was great that they scored 10 runs. But, man, seven runs and got lit up by a pretty – Average offensive team. And so that was a little concerning. Very concerning. So hopefully they can pitch better the rest of this series and they play again at 6 o'clock tonight. LSU lost a tough 5-4. to four. For all of you who don't agree with me about, you know, during last year we argued about this quite a bit. I don't think the strikeout is as bad as some people think. I know the the... The common thing, a common theme or a common opinion of a lot of quote-unquote old-school baseball people is the strikeout is awful. And I understand that in the days of Jackie Robinson and Hank Aaron, those days, they they hated striking out. It was like an embarrassment to them. See, I I don't love the strikeout, but I don't hate it as as much as a lot of you do. What I hate is the double play. Like, to me, there's nothing more debilitating than the double play. Like, in the eighth inning last night, LSU has um, bases loaded, one out. They're only down by one run. Bases loaded, one out, only down by one run. I don't even need to get a hit and I can tie the game. And I think it was Thompson at the play. What does he do? He hits a ground ball to second, step on the back, throw to first, double play. Now, 
if he would have struck out right there, because he had he he fouled off, if I remember correctly, like two or three o two pitches before he hit into the double play. If he had struck out right there, it wouldn't have been good, but at least you'd have still had a chance at a wild pitch or a pass ball or an error or a base hit or a grand slam or a single or a double or all kind of things can happen. But if you hit into a double play, the inning is over. Man, I hate double plays. They are the worst. The only thing about the only thing the the things that aggravate me in baseball is the the O2 walk is 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 very aggravating. When you hit a guy on an O2 pitch with the bases loaded. Those are the two things I hate the most in baseball. Hit hitting a guy on an O2 pitch with the bases loaded and a, the double play. Man, I hate the double play. So so if you are an LSU fan who disagrees with me and you think this strikeout is the worst thing in the world, I point, I give to you the eighth inning for LSU last night. The eighth inning. Double plays are awful. They're way worse than strikeouts. It's why one of my many theories in the sport of baseball, which is not a popular one, but it's still... If you don't swing, you cannot hit into a double play. If you don't swing, you cannot hit into a double play. All right, let's go to the game hotline and talk to James. Hello. Footsie. Yes, sir. Footsie, first of all, let me apologize for yesterday. That's okay. I got so, exci- I got so excited with Shohei Otani coming to, to, to Minute Maid Park. I got my days all screwed up. No, it's like I said, it may it may you made my point perfectly. Like it's unfathomable that it's still 13 days before I have to before the NFL. It should be next Thursday. We need to change the law of mathematics and we need to get the NFL draft to to push the uh draft up a week. I know, I, I I would agree with you. I don't know why they moved it so far back. Oh, it's killing me. I I don't know. But anyway, the, the Cajun softball team is six one thousandth of a, of a percent behind uh, South Alabama. <laughs> it's just unbelievable to me. Well, I mean, if it was regular baseball, four wins, that would be half a game for each one. So that would be plus two games and then one loss, one additional loss would be yeah. a half a game. They'd be a game and a half ahead. That's what I'm saying. We got to – this doesn't make sense. And you know way more mad than I do, but this just doesn't make sense to me. We got to change it. Now, now, remember, I don't know, maybe a week ago or two weeks ago, we talked about you were correct when, you know, in college, you got – you know, when they hit the ball to you, you got to catch the ball. Yeah. You know, we – well, then the second part of that is – you got to be able to throw the ball to the first base. Yes. See, that, that, that last night that was LSU's problem. The first run Arkansas scored was they threw, you know, they hit the ball to the third baseman, and then he threw it, he threw it away. So see, the, that's how they got the first run. That's the not run good. Went, he hit the ball to the third baseman, and he ended up on third. The ball hit to the third baseman, and then errors cost them the game. You know, they they. It's, that this group is just consistently inconsistent. Uh, that, that's all you can say for them. But if it, but if with the double play, you got to admit a double play is debilitating. I mean, it's just it's just cripples. Oh, so it, 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 it's a backbreaker for yes. 
given my age and given the era I was raised in, uh, no, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But people took pride in the fact, like, today, if they strike out, they just don't care. Yes, that's true. You know, it's an absolute, oh, well, so what? You know, well, that wasn't how it was when people like Hank Aaron, Tony Gwynn, people like that played ball. I I agree. Pete Rose, I mean, when people like that played ball, they cared about if they struck out or they hit the ball. So, plus, today, they don't understand if there's a runner on second base, you need to try to hit the ball to the right side of the empty. They don't understand these things. They don't no. understand the basic fundamentals of baseball. I agree. Many don't. I agree. So, anyway, but yeah, but, but the, I was so excited about, about Shohei Otani. And I, I, I know that you take great pleasure in him, him getting lit last night. And I'm telling you, he left that, that split finger up and that boy from uh, – Texas. I mean, it was a no doubt. I mean, a no doubt. No, but I'm telling you, Texas has good hitters. Now they don't have the pitching that I don't think to like win the division or anything. But, but I'm not looking forward to playing them because they have good hitters. Yeah, and they've always played the Astros tough. They're gonna play the Astros tougher than anybody else. Yeah, that's just part of the deal. So, but no, I wanted to apologize for my my over. You know, I, I just got over ahead may, of myself. I was it, so happy it was Shohei Otani was coming to pitch in Houston. I wish I, I wish you'd have been right. Myself. I wish you'd be right. No problem. All right, you have a good Easter weekend. I told, I, told, I told you that. I told you the Saints may trade back. Maybe they're going to trade back and get some more picks. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you the Chiefs are going to trade up and get a wide receiver. I believe that. Well, they're not going to trade with the Saints. No. Maybe, well, they, they maybe Philadelphia. They might. Philadelphia, boy, they, they, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, they sit in a pretty good seat right now. Yep. I agree. So, Thank you for the call, sir. Take care. Right. No, look, there are, uh, again, we're guessing. We understand this is all a guess. But I just I started thinking, I'm like, the Chiefs are not going to just sit there. If they like one of these receivers, they're going to go get them. You know, receivers, quarterbacks, and really unique players are what teams would trade up for. Jordan Davis, the guy we talked about earlier this week, defensive tackle um, from Georgia, like a wrecking, like humongous and can run and can move and he's quick, like like a wrecking crew kind of a guy. I mean, I heard people say Aaron Donald, but no, Aaron Donald's really not that big. He's just fast and ferocious. This guy's a mountain that can move. And so he's a unique skill. He has a very unique skill set. I could see someone who needs a defensive tackle, like trading up four, five, six picks to get him. Because, man, they just fought their defensive coordinators foaming at the mouth for this guy. Um, you know, I don't really think anyone would trade up for a lineman in the middle. I, I, you know, there's some really good offensive tackles, but there's pretty good depth at offensive tackle this year. So I don't really think anybody trade up for an offensive tackle. Could be wrong, but I don't think so. But what I, I can just imagine that there are teams out there. Some there are teams that are just slobbering 
over Jameis Williams, Jamison Williams. And then there are people that I'm sure there's one or two or three that really slobbering over Drake London and just hoping he stays healthy. And then there's probably one, two, three, or more that are really slobbering over Garrett Wilson. And, you know, I've been reading more about Traylon Burks. It's possible that I'm a little too hard on him. I was a little too hard on him in my original assessment. We'll see how that plays out. But it wouldn't shock me if there are people that are really high on him. And and um, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling there's going to be some trading up for wide receivers uh, with these teams that on paper really need them. Or they're thinking, you know what? I got two. The other way to do that if you're them, if you're not going to trade up, if you're the Packers or the Chiefs, like I got two picks in the first round. I need wide receivers. There's about 12 of them that I like. Let me just get two of them. Maybe they'll go that right. I sure hope so. I, You know, I, I, I am not anti, which is why I brought this up, and I allowed us to discuss something that I said two years ago we would not discuss on this show anymore. But the fact that Casper the Quitter is no longer here, maybe, maybe, maybe he was the problem. Sears catalog guy, Casper the Quitter. Maybe he uh, was the one that never allowed the Saints to trade back. I doubt that, but who knows? Maybe so. Um, the one way to, 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 to leave the first round without a wide receiver and still be and still feel good about this situation is if they really can trade back and get an extra second and a third or whatever. In other words, maybe get four picks on the first two rounds just a little further back. Like if they would trade with the Lions, you could draft at 19 and 32 and get an extra second-round pick maybe. I'm just throwing it out there. I would be all for that because there are going to be plenty of wide receivers picked in the second or third round who are going to be good. Now, to Gerald's point, they're not all going to be good. Not all of them, but many of them. 13 more days, 13 more days of dealing with this. Pins and needles. Only God can help me now. Fortunately, he's good enough. He's plenty powerful enough to do it. All right. Um, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the Gay 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about the Hangout Music Fest, where if you would like to win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Fest on May the 20th through 22nd, Gulf Shores, Alabama. 
All you need to do is go to the website, join the Game Rewards Club, and you might win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Fest by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, last chance. If you would like to comment on UL baseball, LSU baseball, Cajun softball, uh, NFL draft, any of the things that we've been talking about today, uh, if what I was saying earlier about the draft kind of a not a it's not like it's some remarkable revelation, but I just think we've been kind of fooling ourselves. I'm trying to prepare my mind. So if you want to talk about any of that, uh, or or you know maybe correct me or disagree or agree or add to my paranoia, any of that, certainly feel free to call the game hotline 706-0111. This is the last segment that we will be able to do that. So um, what I what I try to do is prepare my mind. I have a friend that before every big game, he always says, are you ready? Are you really ready? And, you know, I had been complaining for decades about the um, the NFL not having a fail-safe to, 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 to keep teams from getting cheated. So when the NFC Championship game happened in 2018, did I hate it? Yeah, but I was already – I had I was that kind of stuff was – it wasn't a shock to me. So I dealt with that a lot better than almost all, any Saints fan I know because I had been complaining about that for decades. So I was angry, but I, there was no shock value there. I knew that was possible. And I had been confessing about it for years. And so I, I just, I'm trying to repair, com, prepare my mind for what could happen so I'm not caught off guard, although the Saints will probably figure out a way to do it. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev, no, you better prepare yourself for something uh, unexpected because I, I, um, I have a bad feeling about a couple of things. But, but you know, I – there's one particular sports writer in New Orleans who's a Saints beat writer. Man, he is beating the drums for them to trade up and take a quarterback. And I, I just, it's driving me crazy to read his his uh, his tweets at this point. And and now he's using the Derek Carr contract extension as a reason to justify having a, a rookie contract quarterback. That's apples and oranges, especially with this crop, you know. But Anyway, I, I'm just worried, and and you know I'm not too I'm not as worried, Kevin. If the receivers go off the board, the first five we we talked about, um, that's fine. I I think there'll be there's always a couple of you know. Oh no, there will be some. Yes. Yeah, and and that's okay, you know, because I think there's plenty of depth there, and I think like you said, I think there'll be one of the offensive tackles that are really good uh, there as well. But I'm going to tell you, after kind of looking at an article uh, a couple of days ago, and it's something that I think the average fan doesn't really consider, next year, and I, I wish I had the article in front of me because I'm probably going to misquote it, but there's something like 18 Saints defensive free agents next year. And we yeah, talked about that. big names. Uh, you know, Anyamata, uh, uh, Davenport, you know, guys like that who – so I if they – Man, I'm telling you what, I get more and more intrigued with Jordan Davis all the time. Um, as far as him being one of our, you know, first, I don't think I don't know if he'll be there. That's the that's the problem, you know. 
Um, and and would you trade up a couple of spots to get to get him? I, I, you know, but you, you got to factor that in as well, right? No as, question. As, and as look, much it, as we have to, but but I'm if sorry. the five if the five top wide receivers are all gone, they, 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 there's not that many room. There's not much room left for anybody else if they're all if all five are really gone. Like if that part if, if is there, so. What what I'm thinking is, if that happens, the Saints are probably going to get, like you said, a Jordan Davis in a tackle, and then try to pick a, a receiver in the second round. Which it, I'm totally fine with, to be honest with you. I, I wish we would have. I still can't believe one of these, uh, and I forgot who it was yesterday signed with the Packers. I believe on a one year Sammy Watkins deal. Sammy Watkins, but he never yeah, plays. So, I mean, I know plays. his better days are behind it, well, you know. But I mean, that's a that's an affordable contract. To take a take a flyer on, you know. Oh I, yes, yes. You know, I, I I just don't understand the logic behind not signing one, you know, reasonably priced veteran free agent to have a little cushion in case things don't work out draft wise. And but that and that's what question, that might have been what Traquan was. But go ahead with your question. My, uh, did, did, have you heard anything at all on Quan Alexander? No, that's very interesting because we were talking about, you know, Joey's been talking about Lloyd picking the, the, the linebacker. And if they re-sign Quan, then they don't need another linebacker, I don't believe. I mean, you can always right. get a great player on your team, but I don't – If you know, you're right. Uh, it, it is kind of strange that we haven't heard anything about Quan, but it's, you know, it's kind of like Tyron. I mean, uh, um, if they end up – keeping Quan, I'm totally fine with the linebacker. I just wish they'd get one more veteran safety, and we'll see if they can do that. All right, let me yeah, get... Let me yeah, get, I'm just worried about Quan uh, because he, he makes a difference. I agree. Uh, yes. You know, when he's on the field, for sure. Definitely. Okay, man. Good weekend, right, yeah. sir. Have a good one. All right, one, one more call before we get to uh, our next break. Let's go to the game hotline and talk to Chris. Hello. Hey, my man. How are you? Pretty good, sir. How are you? Great, great conversation. Yeah, everything talked about is is right on. There is some truth about to some degree with with teams that are trying to become cap friendly to honestly look at the these rookie contracts like the last caller was talking about and looking at some of these players on the defense that are gonna be coming up for contract and thinking about, hey, you know, maybe these guys are gonna ask for the moon, we're not gonna be able to get them back, but Really, when you look at the when you look at the first round and where the Saints draft, it's honestly, in my opinion, a dumping ground. It's it's not the most attractive place to be, um, and I say that for a lot of reasons. One, if you fall in love with somebody, you probably have to go up and get him. Okay. Two, if you don't like the receiver or the or the tackle that's there, then you might want to trade down. It, it's a very it's a very um, anxious position to be in because. It's kind of where it's kind of where you don't know what's going to fall to you. But I'll tell you, I almost like the back end of this draft almost as better as the middle part, and and that's ironic. Like there's a lot of great athletes down there at 25 through 32 that are gonna that are gonna make a, an NFL roster. Um, and I can't I can see a trade down. It just history says that it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, you got to look at the scouting department. You got to trust their abilities. You got to trust the ability that 
our option at quarterback right now is the, is the best option out there. I think I think Jamie's has a great head on his shoulders. I think he's matured a lot. Um, as far as the is where I think the Saints would like to go in the draft. I'm really kind of all about you know if the Davis kid's there, you got to find a way to get him, but not hopefully not have to give up two first round draft picks to get him. Number one. And number two, um, I think the, you know, I think the more weapons this, this our quarterback has, the better he's going to be and be comfortable. No, I I, really, I, I, I agree. I, I agree with it. With everything you said, you. no, I, I think this is the year to trade back. But we'll see if they can do it. We got to get to a commercial break. I appreciate your time, and you have a great holiday weekend, sir. You, you as well, my friend. Thank you. No, I think it's a perfect year to trade back, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it. Jordan Davis is intriguing. I know a lot of people would be upset if they take him because it's another defensive lineman, but I do think he's a unique talent. We will see. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back. Talk to Cajun Baseball and other Major League Baseball with Craig Melanson next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, Richard Seafood Patio. Uh, you could win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio if you go to the website and join the clubhouse, which and Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Offers you some of the best bald crawfish, bald shrimp, bald crabs, as well as grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, pull boys, and a seafood buffet. Fat boys like me love buffets. Now, you can't enjoy it, that $50 gift certificate, or have a chance to win it unless you go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. So my advice to you would be to join. All right, we have with us our weekly interview with Craig Melanson. How are you, sir? I am wonderful. It is uh, Friday, so uh, have the day off and, and ready for some baseball this weekend. We have Major League Baseball also, so I have got lots to take care of. All right. Speaking of Major League Baseball, and since you are a Red fan, we talk mostly Cajun baseball. We talk other Cajun, but we talk other baseball as well. Your Reds president or whatever his official title got in some hot water this week because he kind of, uh, in the minds of a lot of people, dissed the Red fans by saying, well, even if you don't like the direction we're going in, what are you going to do? Stop rooting for the Reds? Like, what can you do? Like, did that anger you? Or how do? You, what was your reaction to that whole little controversy? Well, you know, it's one of those things I, I, I agree with them, but at the same time, you can't say that publicly, you know. Uh, it's uh, it, it's it's a bad look for the organization, and I I don't understand what the organization did by trading off everybody that they had 
But at the same time, I'm not a fan of uh, the, the fans booing Mike Moskakis at home the, 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 these last two uh, games against Cleveland. I understand he's one for 400 or whatever he is right now. But at the same time, you can't do that with one of the guys that wants to be in Cincinnati and then gives everything he has. He's, he's had a lot of injuries. I, I don't think that's a good look from the fans either. So, like, the problem with the Reds is, you know, I've never been a Reds fan, and certainly when I was a young kid and the big red machine in the 70s was pounding the Astros and they were finishing 43 games out of first place and all that kind of stuff, I didn't like the Reds. But I certainly respect the Reds and what they mean to the history of the game of baseball. And I still think if I was the king, they would be playing the first Major League Baseball game every year would be played uh, in Cincinnati. But how worried are you about the franchise? And, like, you know, he brought up – I think he was just joking to make a point, but he brought up, well, the uh, the option is to move the franchise. Like, do you ever – is that possible? Is that something that Red fans are concerned about? I, I think always. You go back to uh, the days of Marge Shot. No one was uh, – Marge Shot might have been a horrible – person in a lot of ways but one thing you have to say about Marge shot without her the Reds probably would have left Cincinnati at that time I think I don't think now in this day and age I think you have a commissioner uh, that I'm not a fan of necessarily but understands the history of the game uh, understands what the Reds mean to the history of baseball I, I, I that would be if that ever happened I would no longer be a Reds fan, quite honestly. I just think uh, if the Saints move to Biloxi, to me that that's not the Saints anymore. That's the, a Biloxi team. I think the name of the team should stay in the town, not or the city, not not travel with the team if they move. All right. So were you at least? I'm sure you were able. Like you had some nice wins over the over the. Uh, Braves, and so it's not, you know, I don't know that the fortunes are going to be real good by the end of the year, but you got to enjoy the wins when you get them. Oh, I totally agree, and I I, I uh, text uh, Brad Topham right after the the, first, the next morning of the first game, opening game, and I said, I said, you can't, you can't lose them all if you win the first one. I mean, to <laughs> me, it was like, yes. Now you have. I, I a, didn't care. We're not going to lose them all now. Right, but you ha- also have a young pitcher that people are excited about. Yeah, I think we've got a lot of young pitchers that they're bringing up, and I, I I'm not sure exactly who you're speaking of because honestly, right now work is kind of crazy. Cajun baseball is super crazy. We had a a Diamond Club meeting this week, so I have to prepare for it. So, but I, I think we've got a lot of young guys there that are going to play well but they've just got to step up when they need to. I'm not expecting to make the playoffs, but above 500 would be nice or close to it. All right. Again, we're speaking with Craig Malonso. And one more Major League Baseball subject before we get to Cajun baseball. Where where do you stand on the whole Clayton Kershaw getting pulled? A lot of people are all upset. There are people that don't even care about baseball. They get all upset about this kind of stuff. So where do you fall on that? I, I think it's early in the season. Uh, there's a reason you play 162 baseball games. If you want, if you want your ace pitcher to be there at the end of the season and be able to pitch in the playoffs, uh, you, you've got to protect arms, in, in my opinion. 
and again, he's a guy who was injured last year, and he and, and he's old, and he's coming off a lockout situation where they didn't have a normal spring training again for the third straight year, and so I, I get it. I mean, I under, I, I understand why people are angry. It's just it, you know, I hear people say it's the dumbest thing. How you have to understand the other point of view and why they're doing it. It's not like they just hate Clayton, Clayton Kershaw and they don't want him to achieve something. Exactly. If you, but if you're a team like the Reds that have young pictures, I mean, if that happened and you're not expected to make the playoffs, I understand you also don't want to ruin a pitcher's arm early in the season. But that may be something a little different. But a team like the Dodgers, I mean, you're, you're expected to make the playoffs and you're expecting him to be there as your leader, you have to protect him. I I uh, I absolutely agree with you, and of course, I wish he would have done it because you know how I think if they if he'd have thrown a perfect yep. game, they'd have lost the next game. And so I love when the punks lose. I yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way I look at it. A little differently than most. All right, so Cajun baseball. You know, there was a time, I don't know, about three weeks ago that a lot of people were, were concerned about what this season was going to look like. And But at the time, we talked about how they, there's certain fundamental things that they seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, and so so hang in there. And not only do those things have those things continued and maybe gotten a little better, they've, you know, we've gotten things, you know, I never imagined Jacob Schultz throwing eight innings in a game. I never imagined Cooper Rawls coming out of nowhere and pitching seven and two third innings with what, 13 strikeouts uh, to beat a team with a 30 something RPI. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about uh, to cling on to for the rest of this season. Uh, I agree, and I know people are going to say, you know, the, the three wins against Arkansas State, it, we should have won them, and we did win them. Uh, you know, they are the worst team in the league right now. But when you play up there, it, it's always difficult. Tommy Raffo is a good coach. He struck, their team is struggling this year. But the games against Louisiana Tech had to be positive. Even though we lost two out of three to Southern Miss, you know, Southern Miss right now has, has a ninth a number nine RPI in the country. So therefore, rear, we beat Georgia Southern two out of three, uh, number 17 RPI. I'm not going to go into everybody's RPI, but we've, we've played some good teams. And right now we've had the ninth hardest schedule in the country. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the 12th hardest schedule in the com- country and the eighth hardest non-conference schedule in the country. You're going to take a beating in some of those games, but you have to look for the positive. You have to keep moving forward. I mean, you talked about uh, Cooper Rawls. We saw a little bit from him in Round Rock. But, again, did we expect to come out what he what he did there? Absolutely not. Will he do it again? Uh, we hope. But I, I doubt we'll see that performance again from Cooper Rawls. But, you know, but the thing is, I think the rotation is now pretty set. Now, of course, injuries can mess anything up. But as long as they remain injury-free or or someone doesn't just go, you know, really wacky from what they've been doing, it seems like the rotation is set, which is good. Uh, you you know, this was this is nowhere near what I have guessed would have guessed a rotation to be, and yet it's there. And you're starting to see some bullpen ro- rolls kind of be ironed out, and so. I think, you know, kind of all their ducks are in a row. It's just a matter of executing now. 
Yeah, I mean, when you've got guys like Brandon Talley, when, when, when Coach Stegg started talking about moving him to a starter role, uh, I, I didn't see it only because uh, I just thought he was so dominant in, in, the, uh, in the bullpen. I, I'm like, why do you want to give that up? And the same thing with Jacob Schultz. But, man, those two guys have stepped up beyond belief. I mean, you know, you're looking at uh, Brandon Talley, a two a two point seven ERA in conference. Uh, Jacob Schultz has a four point six, but it was really one inning that that jumped that up. You take that away, he's he's in the mid twos as well. And then I think Jeff Wilson, the senior leadership there, is is what we need on that Sunday. It's something different. He's not going to overpower guys, but he's got to pitch better than he did. He just didn't have it at Arkansas State this weekend. He's got to pitch better. You know, Coach Degg said something this week that I got it, but it, 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 it it's one more example of how unique baseball is compared to the other sports that we talk about a lot in basketball and, and, and football. And what he was saying, he was talking about Cooper Rawls and Jeff Wilson and because of the kind, the way that they pitch, that they actually are going to pitch better against better teams, got teams with more bat speed than they would be effective, in his opinion, against teams that aren't as good with lesser bat speed. Like, can you imagine, well, this cornerback, he would actually play better against an inferior receiver. He only plays good against the really talented receivers. It just doesn't work like that in other sports, and it's it, it's one of the fat, many fascinating things about baseball to me. Coach Stez mentioned the same thing to us at the Diamond Club this week, and he talked about the same things as you're talking about. It reminded me a little bit, I think it's different in, in, in than what Michael Lamont did uh, a few years ago. Michael just seemed to pitch better in, in pressure situations. If you had a four or five run lead, he just didn't pitch well. But at the same time, I get that the, the Cooper Rawls, uh, I think I think it's similar, maybe not the same thing, but a, a Greg Maddox type of deal that these guys aren't going to overpower you. Their pitch is going to have some movement on it. Now, in Maddox's case, he had a strike zone that was four feet wide that helped him <laughs> that you don't see anymore. I'm, I, I love I it. Just, I love it. At least we I, agree on some things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that strike zone was ridiculous. Oh, it, he got oh, it six it was, inches off the plate. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And I'm going, it never came close. So. You know, we talk about but eras, yeah. and look, I'm not saying Maddox and Glavin weren't great pitchers, but I'm telling you, the, oh. the, they don't give off the plate nearly as much as they used to, especially in that era. I think Glavin would struggle pitching today. I think they both would a little bit, but I think Maddox, uh, out of all the pitchers, though, I, I didn't like his strike zone, but I have much respect for him. I think he would adjust, and and, and I, I don't know he would be as dominant but I think he would still be dominant. Well, you know, there's the, the, so you know there are many uh, the pitching staff I think right now in terms of where we thought them or where we we our understanding of what the pitching staff was going to be like a month or two ago to now are the things that that kind of gives you the mo the more hope. But 
I think if Marshawk stays healthy, that there's still plenty of things about this offense that is going to continue to to happen, and I, I think that's going to be there too. And with, when Cone is playing as much as he is now, as long as he stays healthy, I think the defense will be there too. Yeah, I think the the key to it, uh, Marshawk brings a different look for the Cajuns in so many different ways whether it's the outfield or, or at the plate, where 11, the Cajuns are 11-5 and five in games that Marshawk has started. Uh, and he, I don't, you, I think you almost have to go back to 2014 to, have, to find an alpha male that was not a pitcher that was an everyday player on the Cajun squad. Much different, much different look with, with him in the game than without him. All righty, sir. Well, I appreciate your time as always. You have a great holiday weekend, and hopefully when we talk next week, we can talk about a weekend sweep. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it always. All righty. Our weekly interview with Craig Malonso. always enjoy talking Major League Baseball, Cajun Baseball. Uh, it's fun to just talk baseball with Craig because he has an appreciation for the history of the game for sure. All righty. We will take a break and come back after this time out on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Kevin Foote, an award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with, with the, the host bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foot is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes as we finish up this week of waiting and counting down to the to the one the Easter weekend, which we're here, and also obviously to at least for me the the NFL draft. And before we finish things out, want to remind you about Trash Bass 2022. If you would like to clean up and help clean up the Environmental Quality Division of Lafayette Consolidated. Consolidated Government, and the Bayou Vermilion District. Uh, the schedule is for April the 23rd. Residents of all ages, free of charge, obviously, because you're volunteering, are invited to participate to pick up litter in, sh- in the streets, parks, and in Bayou Vermilion. By, you can register to be a volunteer to help clean up by calling 291-5637, 291-5637, or emailing recycling at louisianala.gov. All right, so earlier, was yesterday, I think, Joey called and said, man, as impatient as you are about the NFL draft, you must have been a nightmare around Christmas time. 
I, I think overall, as as neurotic as I am about some things, I'm actually pretty easy. For instance, Easter. Growing up, I was as easy as could be around Easter time. My mom learned what I wanted for Easter time was two things. I didn't need a big old basket full of all kind of stuff. I needed two things to make me happy around Easter time. She would get me one, a big, one of them big pecan eggs. Don't you love pecan eggs? I love them. So she would get me one of them ginormous pecan eggs. Don't need all kind of other stuff, just a big pecan eggs, and two, a Street and Smith baseball magazine. So growing up, that's the two things I got, a big pecan egg, and a Street and Smith baseball magazine. Because back then, like, again, this was pre-ESPN, and there was no baseball tonight, I, you know. So I got ready for the Major League Baseball season by reading my Street and Smith baseball magazine while I was eating my pecan egg. I mean, that, besides, you know, once you got older, the religious parts of the holiday. But that was Easter to me as a kid. Um, eating a big pecan egg and, and getting ready for the baseball season. Uh, with the base, with the Street and Smith baseball magazine, which they don't even make anymore. It's kind of depressing, actually. But anyway, so all right, so we've got um, when we come back on Monday, Laura Willing, we'll have ten days left. So only one more day of double digit countdown to the to the NFL draft. But at least it will be the next week. At least it won't be like so far, seem quite so far away. And um, hopefully there's no bad rumors over the weekend uh, to get, you know, because I'm starting to get more confident because it's just so little logic to it. I think we're, we're going to be good. So, all right, everyone have a safe and happy. Hopefully the Astros can get a few wins in Asia and we can be really calm and it can be a glorious, glorious, glorious Monday. Y'all, again, have a safe and great weekend.